it's Spa-Francorchamps. Personally, this is my favourite race of the season. It's the longest track in F1, with the greatest elevation, and has some of the best corners in the world. I'm Andrew Elliott, I'm here with my buddy David Proud, and we'd like to welcome you to this special Spa edition of the Tired and Exhausted podcast. If you like what you hear, please share us with your friends and family, and remember to go to tiredandexhausted.net for all our previous episodes. It's great to have you with us. David, I know I joked with you the other day, or the, the other podcast, when you asked me how I was feeling, and it, you know, it felt like a therapy session. Um, but how are you feeling? Because you've, you've had COVID again, haven't again. you? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Andy, for your concern. Um, I feel a lot better. I felt groggy towards the start of the week, and I wasn't testing positive at all. And then um, by the time I actually started to feel a bit better, just tired, but I'm genuinely just tired anyway, because... Um, that's my permanent state. Um, <laughs> I, I tested positive, so then it was just isolating for a few days. But I'm feeling a lot better. Right, now. You, you, you look a lot better. Yeah, than... I'm still tired, but that's yeah. just general state of me. I but think. Not, not quite as as tired as you were. No. Because no. when did you when did you last have it? Because it didn't. It doesn't seem that long ago. I want to say six months. April. Because I know my writing partner had it. We both went to the Baftas. Um, and he got it, and I didn't. And then I went to another event, and then I got it. And um, so yeah, you're going to get it eventually. It's going to come round. But um, yeah, so second bout just before the whole run into like all, all the flu season. So it's yeah. as good as having a another booster or something. You know, I've, I've yeah, because they've been doing their job well, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but i'm 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 feeling yeah, and it, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as the first time no, had, was it? No. So it was quite mild mild symptoms wasn't it yeah. this time so I, yeah i just felt a bit groggy and tired but that um generally that is my normal state well welcome back thank you so um, that has delayed as doing podcasts because i was oh, there's always essentially a delay. like <laughs> but that's a reasonable excuse this week because i was locked in a room for like quite a few days um, but what that has done is meant that we now have the announcement about Oscar Piastri. Yeah, so I, I only know this because you told me, but I haven't looked into this at all. So uh, presumably the contract has been signed. Well, it's really and... weird because they said that they went to that mediation and at the mediation, the outcome of it, they said there's only one contract that is valid and that is contract between... Uh, Oscar Piastri and McLaren that was signed and they gave the exact date it was signed. So when was it signed? It's July something. Oh, so a while ago then. Yeah. So So it wasn't like just before, you know. No, I think uh, it's Alonso left and Vettel, Vettel left. Alonso. So this is way this sounds like it was way before. Yeah, so obviously he was considering like you said his options the fact that he wasn't going to be in Formula 1 for another year. He's well, got a team offering him a seat. He's going to Take it. I'll, I'll try and while while we chat about, it, I'll try and yeah, because it, it's decision. certainly it's certainly seen that because he's been waiting. He's been he he, he won everything. Um, he's been waiting in the wings for at least two years, and it looked like it was going to be another year. Just yeah. sat on the on the sidelines, either as a reserve driver or on the bench, and perhaps doing the odd Friday practice one. Um, and then suddenly he gets an offer from you know one of the most successful teams that there's ever been. Yeah, you're going to take it. Of course, you're going to take it. Um, 
So yeah, they. they so, but what was interesting um, is that they said there was only one contract. So what were Alpine playing at? What were they thinking? Yeah, that's that's crazy because it's not like they. So they looked said, at both contracts. Yeah, there'd have been and, two conflicting contracts, and this one supersedes this one, or this one, you know, doesn't come into force because it would, you know, because of the first one, you know, you can't get out of it or whatever. That's, that seems. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, and and also, I mean, <laughs> the uh, Alpine's reaction to it is okay. We respect the decision. There's probably nothing they can do, though, is there? Other than that, if they've been absolutely shown up. So they've said that we we are confident that Oscar signed with us back in November. Uh, but the CRB assessed both agreements from a legal standpoint, and they agreed unanimously that only. Uh, the only contract which was valid was that between McLaren and Piastri. So, I, I just I, some someone on on the Alpine legal team has dropped the ball, haven't they? Well, uh, somebody on their legal team and somebody on their press team are definitely going to get fired because you don't one. You know, if you think you've got a driver, get that contract locked down. And two, don't press the release that you've got a driver unless unless you definitely have. It just seems... Mm. But anyway, so the knock-on effect, uh, it's what everybody thought it was going to be, isn't it? Everyone thought it, it was going to be um, a, a seat at McLaren. It is. I'm over the moon. Next season is going to be awesome. Well, he's still, he's still an unknown quantity with regards to Formula 1 because mm. you get some drivers who, again, who still win everything. They're blisteringly fast in all the lower formulae. Uh, they come into F1, they can't, quite, they can't quite manage it. So, you know, he, he's still an unknown quantity. The chances are he's going to be better than Daniel Ricciardo. I was going to say, the bar is quite low. <laughs> um, so it's worth a punt for sure. And he does seem to be, you know, he's been he's been amazing in, in everything up until this point. So Yeah, and please be another Joe Guanyu as well. Yeah, for sure. If he's another Joe Granier, then honestly, next season's golden. Um, but we haven't, as of yet, had any news on where Daniel Ricciardo is going. I don't think. I don't think you will. So the options are Alpine, but it's rumored Alpine want Gasly to have an all French lineup, but they've got to get him out of his Alpha Tauri contract. So that's. A little bit tricky, so maybe there's a seat at Alpine, but for Danny Rick, that would be going back to a team that he left. Yeah, but you know, I mean, Alonso's done that. How many times has Alonso driven for Alpine or the mm. or the Enstone based team? You know, he he won two world championships with them in two thousand and five and two thousand and six. Yeah, I think, um, uh, and then he left for McLaren in two thousand and eight. Oh. Uh, had a season with them, went back to Renault again, went to Ferrari, uh, you know, went to McLaren, had a couple of years out, went went back to you know, back to the team again. So he's driven with them three times. So they are they are fine with having drivers that have driven with them okay, you know, so multiple times. Let's explore the options. Gasly goes to Alpine. Okay. So that frees up a seat at Alpha Tauri. They're not gonna take Danny Rick because that's the training ground for Red Bull. And He's been through the Red Bull system. They, you know, they always look at like who the next big driver is, and they're they're, they're giving them their their experience at AlphaTauri. I, I can't see them taking him back. No, of course not. Not a chance. Um, Haas, maybe, 
but like you say they need Mick Schumacher because of the like German sponsors so I, yeah I think I think if they're gonna if they're gonna replace I mean they might replace Mick Schumacher with um, Hulkenberg or someone like that mm. you know because he's German and he's a solid driver and he'd be able to perform for them what's rumoured is Williams because of Latifi well so I was thinking this the other yeah literally during the race when Latifi um, you know spun out um, again <laughs> again and I mean I think he, he may have been avoiding Ocon but he wasn't avoiding Ocon very well um, and <laughs> he obviously caused the you know birthday boy Valtteri Bottas to take avoiding action and spin out in the gravel and, and ended his race really early and I remember thinking that He's the only driver that's making Daniel Ricciardo look okay. <laughs> yeah. So perhaps there's a, you know, possibly there's well, a Williams seat for him. Um, but again, you'd think Williams could do could do better. I on and I. I mean, I Latifi think... must be wondering why he's still got a contract. Yeah. No. No offense to Williams at all, but that's a fall from grace for Danny Rick, isn't it? To end up at Williams. No, I, th- I think I think Williams is a is a. There have been lots of drivers in the tail end of their career have gone to Williams and 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 had a good time and, and done all right. You know, if you look at um, uh, Felipe Massa um, and uh, Rubens Barrichello, um, but you're talking about it's it's likely to be the last contract he'll get in Formula One. Yep. Do do you think? Can you see him carrying on for years after no. after the last two years? Not unless he would need to go somewhere like that and absolutely light up. I think Great. I think it's somewhere like that or nothing. Or I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of a drive next season. Wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. Who, who's going to Who's going to be thinking? Oh yeah, look at look. We need Daniel Ricciardo. Look at the amazing results he's pulled in in the last couple of years. Nobody. And and then competition for seats is always. For for Danny Rick, like the problem is, there's probably like at least twenty drivers out there, young drivers wanting a seat wanting a chance you know um these, these are the 20 best drivers in the world if you screw up two soons in a row you, you're lucky if you ever drive again yeah and it's I nothing it's, it's nothing personal no. it's nothing personal at all but well like some of the um f2 people lawson you know get one of those and put them in a williams seat they're up and coming, at least. Yeah, you know. and I remember who was the uh, who was the uh, Kobayashi. Remember, remember him from a few years ago, um, and he he didn't even do that well in like GP two. I think in his GP two season, he came like seventeenth or something. They stuck him in a Formula One car, and it was amazing. Mm. Um, so you know, it'd be worth taking a punt on on any of the up and coming GP two drivers. You know, it doesn't doesn't just have to be. You don't just have to win or come second. Um, no, I you know. I think this may. I think you're right. I think this may be the end of Danny Rick in Formula One for now, at least. And there are so many other. You know, think of all the other drivers who. You know, he could go to Formula E. He could go to. He Indy. could do DTM, IndyCar. There were lots of sports car racing. Um, it's not going to be the end of his racing career, but it's just probably going to be the end of his Formula One career. Yeah, and and not an, a nice end. Not a great note to end on. But anyway, we will see where the musical chairs kind of takes us. I don't I can't see him back at Alpine. I don't think they want him. They want to build a team for the future. You know, they were they were gonna try and get rid of Alonso, weren't they, in a year's time. So their their eyes are 
their competitor is McLaren. And if McLaren have got two young, great drivers, that's exactly what Alpine want. They want two young, great drivers. I mean, okay, so let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Mm. Um, Daniel Ricciardo has an existing relationship with a lot of the guys at Alpine, um, and not a bad one. Mm. Um, you know, he had he had a reasonable time there. He, you know, they were obviously a little bit upset that he left, but he put in some good results and some podiums towards the end of the season, um, and he, he did okay. He did okay with them. Mm. Um, what they could do is over the Christmas period. Uh, or whenever the next testing round is, I think it's I think it's after the the, the the last Grand Prix, isn't it? Well, I think they have some testing in like you know in Abu Dhabi, and it's right. normally like young drivers and stuff. But what they could do is they could get the you know the current Alpine and the current driver Ocon and say right, okay, twenty five laps, um, and you know towards the end we'll do a couple of fast laps, and then they could get in the afternoon they could get. Daniel Ricciardo to do exactly the same thing yeah. and say, right, we're going to take an average of these 25 laps and then we're going to see how fast your fast laps are. Yeah. And depending on how far off you are, you know, if you're if you're there or thereabouts, then we'll give you a drive. Um, but if you're way off. But if you're way off, then, then we won't. So they could, they could actually test him out because it could be that the Alpine is... Set up better for him. Uh, yeah, yeah more, more of a, a car that he can... That he can drive clearly. Clearly, both McLaren. I think that's the, the one of the, the this. Both McLarens haven't been because the, the McLaren of of, of twenty twenty two is significantly different from the McLaren of twenty twenty one. Yeah, and he he couldn't drive either. Um, no, no, that's that's true. So anyway, on to the race. Um, God, qualifying was just boring, wasn't it? I, I hate to it say dull. it. I hate to say it, and because so Spa is my it's my favourite track. And it's got my favourite corner as well. So a rouge is just amazing. Could you hear that? <laughs> I did. If you can hear that, that uh, was just a fly landing a- on on out. We've got like a little supplementary mic um, to pick up background noise, and and it does because <laughs> fly, because just, fly landed just landed on, on it. On so it. you heard this little. Um, <laughs> anyway, so a rouge is my is is I think the best. I mean, it's not really a corner because mm. um, they can kind of take it flat out, but it's it's the best kind of sequence of curves. I, I, I love the. Um, I love, <laughs> you, you like the sequence of curves. I love. Nice. I love the S's um, in <laughs> Suzuka. Yeah. But a rouge is just something else, um, and 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 I've I, I I've sat there um, at a rouge. So personal memories. Um, so I've got some very fond memories of uh, of being there. But it was the reason the reason we got tickets to a rouge was because it was like you know um, it was our favourite um, uh, our favourite track and our favourite corner. Um, and I, I love I love Spa. You know, it has some amazing uh, some amazing races there over the years. It tends to be either blisteringly hot or, or chucking it down yeah. with rain. So you you often get kind of you know results you you weren't anticipating. But the racing there's always always been always been pretty good. It's got you know fast straights. Um, it kind of undulates more than any other track. It's something like a hundred meters difference, isn't there, between the, the highest mm. part and the lowest part? So I, I, I love it. But I found quality a bit dull it, it didn't seem to be that much Happening. that much actually driving um no. you know you know you normally you normally get teams will come out and they'll have uh they'll do like you know like one early run um they'll bring the car in the pits maybe make a couple of setup changes change change tires and come out towards the end but lots of teams were only like coming out once um they're, they're just you know they're, they're only doing because the lap because the laps are so long 
obviously you only really need kind of one warm-up lap and then you do kind of one lap but i don't know there just seemed to be a lot less driving than than it's normal there's lots it? of just kind of sitting around and seeing you know there were kind of shots of like the cars in the pits because nobody was on the you know nobody's on the track and yeah and it wasn't, wasn't that exciting no i was trying to work out what it was that just didn't inspire the, the, me yeah there weren't any there not weren't that many incidents or anything. Not you want incidents, no, it's, but it's, just it's, things to talk about or things it's, to it's have a replay. Change, it's it was, changes in position as well. So yeah. what you'd get is you'd get the cars would go out and obviously the Red Bulls would be blisteringly quick and the Ferraris would be pretty quick. The Mercedes weren't great, not in qualifying and the other things. And then they'd come out for a second time and nothing would change. I tell you, I tell you what might be the reason. There was a lot of cars taking penalties and we knew that going in. Yeah, possibly. And so it, it did have a little bit of a why we're doing this kind of feel to it. I think that might be the thing because the results they were getting were not going to be the results. So it's just like that for me, there were so many of them in that top 10. Yeah. That it, I think I think you're right. I think you've hit the nail on the head. That's, that's probably the thing that... Because it's always a long track and it's always... You know, you never get, you know, two outlaps... Um, yeah, but to have like one driver who's doing goes all the way through to Q three qualifying, and you know that they're going to be at the back of the grid. That's not too bad. But when five of them mm. are all going to start, it, it did, I think that's probably just like why bother? <laughs> I mean, obviously they do because they want to get the position at the the back. But it doesn't make. It's not going to make that much. No, that much difference. I don't think you know considering. Considering how you know how much things like you know having having an extra set of tires is probably yeah. worth more, and then know. somebody's on pole who wasn't really on pole, it just all gets makes a little bit of a mockery of it. I mean, I know why they've done it, um, but yeah, I think that was for me. It's just like yeah, let's just crack on to the uh, the uh, the race then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if all bets are going to be off and you have got like five cars starting at the back, let's just. Yeah, should we should we talk about the race then? Yeah. So, yet again, and we say this every single week, but <laughs> the Mercedes start off rubbish, don't they? Yeah. Like on Friday and and, and Friday and Saturday this time, yeah, they weren't particularly good during qualifying, and completely different in the well for one of the cars anyway. We yeah. don't know. We don't know what the other one was like, but completely different. I mean, they managed to they managed to really they they're really good at dialing in what they need for the race. I don't think they're particularly good at anticipating what they need for the race. No. So it's like they go in to a weekend with you know where it's all completely unknown, and yeah. then they have to somehow kind of dial it in after yeah, a couple of practice sessions. They don't kind of do that thing where they go, "Oh, this circuit's going to be like that other one that we did five weeks ago, and that setup worked for that track." So let's use that as a starting point. It is like no, they're starting from zero every time. Yeah, it, it or, or they're very bad at it. Yeah. Um, you know they're very good at dialing it in, but but they might be very bad at anticipating what what's needed. Um, I mean, the good news is that the second part is much more. You know, is is really important, and and, and, yeah. and they're great at it. So, and obviously, performing well in the race is more important than performing well in quality. Um, and you know, I mean, you get the odd track where you can't overtake, but most of the time, you know, race pace is worth more. Um, uh, but yeah, it's 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 astonishing how you know the, the the just the delta between you know they're like you know they can be you know 
second half of the of the table in in the practice sessions, and then suddenly they're on either on the podium or in well, top five. And we do have to talk about it because um, okay, so Hamilton, unfortunately, I, I think he pretty much caused his own demise in that a little bit because he, he did. It was yeah, it was one of those things. So he was he was ahead in the corner, and you know, tech, you know, normally when you're ahead, you should be able to take the racing line. Unfortunately, Alonso was already in the racing line, um, yeah. and you, you don't. Alonso's not, not going to give that up, is he? Well, he, he, could, he couldn't. There was, no. there, was, yeah. there was nothing he could, other than jam on the brakes. Right. In which case, he would have probably spun the back end out and hit Hamilton anyway. Nothing he could have done. Um, and you don't normally get that unless one of them is trying to outbreak the other. In which case, if Alonso had been trying to, you know, to throw one up the inside. Um, I love it every time you say that, Andrew. <laughs> um, you know, then then, so then that would have been that would have been his fault. But at the right at the beginning of the race, you often get that, which is why they called it a racing incident. Yeah. It was more; it was definitely more Hamilton's fault than Alonso, because uh, Hamilton could have, yeah, you know, Alonso couldn't have done yeah. anything, and Alonso, sorry, Hamilton could have, you know, turned and around Alonso and looked at him. Was not happy on the radio, and that upset Hamilton. But you were saying that they I, were fine by the end of it. Yeah, they were. I, I don't think it upset Hamilton. That, that much he was he was upset about the journalists haranguing him about it if you listen to him mm. afterwards because Alonso I mean of course Alonso is going to be angry he's a, a fiery Spaniard he's just had his car <laughs> rammed um, of course he's going to be angry and he's just at the time he's not thinking oh I'm on the radio this is going to be broadcast to everybody he's just thinking I'm just on the he's phone to, to, off, to my yeah. engineer and he's just going to mouth off so of course he's going to say stuff in the heat of the moment um, and you know journalists were asking Hamilton saying Oh, have you heard about what Alonso said about you? And he's like, I don't care. It was in the heat of the moment. Um, I acknowledge it was my, it was my fault. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go and see Alonso now. So just leave us alone. Yeah, um, no, and good. he, you know, he apologised on social media. Um, you know, he kind of put a picture of like a like a cap that he'd signed, <laughs> saying, you know, to Alonso, I'm really sorry, love, love Lewis, or something <laughs> like that on it. Um, and then there were kind of shots of him later with like their arms around each other, nice. um, you know, holding the cap. And Alonso said, "Look, you know, I, this is this is stuff. This is stuff said at the heat of the moment. Yeah, I've got nothing against Hamilton at all. Well, because what he what he basically said is that he's a driver that is used to driving at the front from start to finish. And I think that else. was really mild considering what he could have said after just <laughs> having been thumped. But to be honest, it's not wrong. Like. For majority of Hamilton's career, he has been P1, just, you know, doing exactly what Verstappen is doing now, which is get to P1, stay there. So, but I, I do... Uh, how many how many mistakes has Hamilton made, though? Oh, yeah. I, I, so few. Yeah. So I, I Hamilton think, and Alonso, probably the, the guys who make the fewest mistakes yeah, out of anybody. It's true. Um, so, you know... But I, then George Russell... Did very, very well. That, George Russell, see what I did there. Yeah, that's going to sound awful on the podcast. Okay, well that's uh, that's your um, snacks you. for today. Starburst. Star- yeah, I remember when they used to be called Opal, um, Fruits. Opal Fruits. Yeah, and remember when they had they had that advertising campaign about um, we're going to change the name, and there were like various different things, and one of them was Chimpy Chompies. And I remember thinking, <laughs> did you vote for Chimpy Chompies? That would have been a much better name than Starburst. Um, what was the Snickers before it was the Snickers? Marathon. Hey, well done. Yeah, I used to again. That was a perfectly good name. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know. What, I think they used to because they were called Snickers in America and other places, and they had like some of these sweets only had they had like names for Britain and 
yeah. names for the rest of the world. Well, like Walker's keep them the same. are called Lay's in America. Right. I've, yeah, I've seen Lay's in Europe as well. And I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't so sure. They're Walker's, yeah. Right, because they look like Walker's rip-offs. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't yeah, sure exactly, if it was the same. Exactly the same branding and everything. Right, okay. Um, Russell. We, 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 worth, did, we didn't see much of him, but he did He did very, very well considering. Well, it's worth talking about him because Ferrari's performance now, Russell is really becoming quite an annoyance to them. Like, he he had great pace and, and Ferrari's performance is dropping so much that they're kind of not competing with Red Bull so much as trying to stay ahead of Mercedes I I think yeah and there's uh, so there were a couple of I think so one Ferrari had they had a lot of bouncing whether mm. whether whether it's bouncing or porpoising or whatever mm. they still look like clown cars compared to everybody else even like the Mercedes watch the Mercedes going down the straights and they looked quite smooth um, watch the Ferraris and their heads are bouncing up and down and I think because there's this new directive now isn't there where there's only allowed like a certain amount of bounceage or whatever oh before they're told to yeah and I think I think Ferrari were told to just raise the ride height a tiny bit which may have contributed to their lack of performance but it's the big reason is that their strategies oh yeah they they did they did actually try in I think they put a little bit too much downforce on their setup was it just killed their straight line speed um which was not great because, um, like, even the Williams had a better straight line speed. Than... Oh, the Williams had a better straight line speed than anybody. They yeah. were the fastest. They were even faster than the Red Bull. Yeah, which is like nuts. It's Williams, but I, I, yeah, Ferrari, the strategy is just not working. When you're on, um, sorry, I'm getting really critical now. But when you're on the radio to your driver, kind of going, what would you like to do? Question. Why do they keep saying? question at the end of everything so they go uh strategy this or that question it's yeah it's because it's quite it's so the radio messages are quite easy for you and i to hear but don't forget that they've got like you know they've they've got their engine behind them and (laughs) all the crowds and everything so it's really difficult so which is why they say so that for example they they, they always say box 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 don't they because Mm. it's easier to understand the word and the word box than it is pit um, so they just say question at the end because so that they, they they get a response. Yeah, and then they can ask what the question is again if they if they misheard. But they're giving Leclerc too much responsibility and too much to think about while he's also driving. It's almost like they're afraid to make a decision now and call them in or. Yeah, it's it's really difficult because because you they're want... second guessing themselves now, and you can tell they are. Yeah, the, now there are some things where the drivers are going to have more info than them. So, for example, how the current tyres are doing. The drivers can, can say, will be able to say, uh, yes, these tyres, um, okay, I'm, I'm only driving at X amount, but I've got a lot more left, yeah. and these tyres feel fine, and I think they're good for another 10 laps. Um, so, you know, if they're going to make a call saying, Okay, we need to pit you in the. We've got a pit window in the next kind of five to ten laps. Do you think you can make it, or do we need to pit you now? The driver can say, "Yeah, I'll be fine for the five laps." But that, but that seems to be but, not but some some other things. Like there's other information. Like for example, um, we might need to put you on the hard tires. Um, the, you know, 
Leclerc's not going to know he's that not half got that data. Yeah, he, he just, he's not going to know that three or four other drivers are already on the hard tyres and they're rubbish. Whereas the team's going to know that, so they should be looking at all that other data and saying, you know what, hard tyres are this. rubbish. We're making the decision; it's going to be mediums or whatever. I have to say, you look at somewhere like McLaren and Lando. There's been times where you definitely know they're not agreeing, but give McLaren their due; they go, it's this. Um. Yeah, they they, <clears throat> they they kind of do that now, but they they should have done that in Spa last year. Yeah, because that cost Lando a win. Yeah, because he said, "Yeah, these tires are fine," and they should have said, no, "Just come, come in. in. Yeah, it's going to chuck it down. You'll spin. Come in now." Um, yeah, I think if you're going for a championship, though, you can't have strategy like Ferrari have at the moment. It's Awful. Well, we've been we've, we've been talking about strat- Ferrari strategy for a few weeks now. Yeah, a few a few races. Um, so well, and, to, to and so so every, so has everybody. Yeah. So you'd think, and and they were you know uh, Matteo Binotti um, has been challenged on it uh, a number of times. And so you'd think they would they would be just let's just have one good race. <laughs> let's yeah. not do anything stupid good for one race. And then what do they do at the end? Well, not to blow our own trumpet, but we were talking about porpoising before the season. It's been a thing. Then we've been banging on about Daniel Ricciardo. He's lost his seat. <laughs> There's got to be something big coming with Ferrari because you can't go on like that, having uh, a team that is scared to make decisions. But then you can't also you also can't have a team to pull in Leclerc to do a fastest lap. He doesn't get the fastest lap. Comes out behind Alonso. <laughs> When they thought he would be in front of Alonso, that's insanely bad. Yeah, see, I <clears throat> they they must have known what was happening. Uh, well, so they must have known that he would have ended up behind Alonso because I could. I mean, you know what I'm like with looking at kind Numbers. of timings and stuff. And I could, as soon as he came in, I'm taking you to Vegas at some I, point. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like Rain Man. Um, <laughs> as soon as uh, as soon as he came in. You could tell that Alonso wasn't a pit stop behind, and I knew Alonso was going to come out in front, so that was obvious. But I thought, okay, they, they, they obviously think that he's going to sail past Alonso with his fresh tyres and then get the fastest lap on the last lap. But it's in, it's extremely risky. Normally, you only do that kind of thing because for a start, you're only going to get you're only going to get one point, and you're risking a whole lot more. Yeah. And if you get a sticky wheel nut or anything like that. Um, you're done. You're done. That's it. It's, you know, it's game over, and you've lost. So, you know, to pull to, to have such a risky manoeuvre for one point, and what happens? Leclerc is speeding in the pit lane. That's a slam dunk offence. Gets a five second or whatever it was grid penalty. Ends up behind Alonso. So to, they lost it, and yeah. and he didn't even get the fastest lap. So he was on brand new soft tyres. He had no fuel in the car at all. It was like the optimum, you know, for, yeah. for that Ferrari. I think it was six tenths slower than Verstappen on his old tyres. So again, they should have they should have known that. It's, they should have said, "Look, hang on, Verstappen is so much quicker than you out there. Even if we bring you in on soft tyres, the chances of you getting the just, fastest lap just." St- but they went for the greedy option. It's yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's a Red Bulls. Red Bulls were mighty <laughs> all weekend. Yeah, I mean, you've you've got to give it to Verstappen. He's gonna he's gonna win a title this year, and he's gonna deserve it. 
I mean, he was because so so the Red Bulls were undoubtedly quicker than anybody else, but not just you know the the delta between Verstappen and Perez, and we know that Perez isn't exactly a slouch. (laughs) But Verstappen started from fourteenth, yeah, um, and won by just under twenty seconds. It was like eighteen seconds or something. He won by. It's almost like it was never in doubt. I know, but you know, but you know, to, to to win. To, to be like almost 20 seconds faster than your teammate being being like 20 seconds faster than another car is one thing but 20 seconds faster than your teammate in the same car after having you know started you know uh, in the, you know towards the end that is an incredible drive absolutely incredible he was untouchable the entire weekend I think it's all but wrapped up really unless something catastrophic happens. I I can't see it being anyone else's championship. Can you? No, because the, the the they've the, the the Red Bulls have certainly made so Mercedes have made leaps and bounds. Mm. Um, you know, compared to where you know where they were at the beginning of the season. Uh, but Red Bull have as well, and they started pretty good. Um, the Ferraris don't seem to have made. Uh, you know, they 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 may have made tweaks, but they don't seem to have made any visible difference at all. Uh, if anything, because of the new directive, they seem a little bit slower. Um, could have just been the could have just been the track. They could have just put on too much downforce, like you say. Um, but they don't seem to be. There seems to be like a, a, a real delta now between um, the Red Bulls and the Ferraris. Whereas before, you could say, well, it depends on the track. And then some mm. tracks Ferraris are faster. Some tracks the Red Bulls are faster. Um, now it just seems that Red Bulls are, are you know are the faster car. And they're not screwing up the strategy like Ferraris are. No, and I think um, I think the fight between Alpine and McLaren's been lost as well. I can't see Alpine not being ahead in the constructors, only because I just don't think Danny Ricks. I I I think for the rest of the season it's still going to be Lando Norris versus two drivers at Alpine. I mean, he's he is driving to to get a seat. So if anything will motivate him. Maybe this will, but who knows? But it's um, so I think it's unfortunately because it's so it seems so locked down and and um, and done with. I think eyes will start to look to next season inevitably, won't they? Ferrari's eyes will be looking to next season to because I I honestly don't think they can recover anything. Uh, I mean, they, they need to they need to stay second yeah Mercedes will be obviously their eyes have been on next season from the start of this one because they just knew they didn't have the car when they needed it to yeah but to to be fair to them they've made a whole host of upgrades and they've still got (laughs) another whole host of upgrades as well so they could have they could have just written it off and said look you know what guys we're we're screwed but no we're not going to do anything we're just going to develop the 2023 car but to be fair to them they have you know massively impressed with George Russell and his consistency in his first year there He's really under tough conditions. He's really kept his calm, kept his cool, and just he's put that car as high on the grid as he can he, he every did, single race. He did that at Williams as well, didn't he? Yeah. Look back, um, you know, he 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 outperformed that car. Um, for how many how many years was he at Williams? Two or three years. Yeah, consistently drove the wheels off it. Um, and then and then there was that one weekend where they stuck him in the Mercedes from nowhere and he almost won the race yeah so yeah standing driver so what what, what do we got next we've got Zandvoort 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 I don't know what you're saying there 
That's like when I say about Schaffernacker. <laughs> I just make random we, we words have, up. but just a couple of th- just a, a couple of things um, that I did make a note of. Um, What's in your notebook, Andy? Ocon. Okay. Did you did you see his? He had two amazing overtakes, um, and okay, both of them. It, so so he overtook two drivers twice. He had like two double overtakes, and okay, the first one was Ricardo and Latifi. So when 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 you put it like that, it doesn't sound as good. But if you if you watch it, it was an amazing overtake. He managed right. to kind of to screen past both of them on lap seventeen at Blanchemont, and then on lap thirty six again on the Kemmel Straight, and okay, Ricardo was involved again. But it was Ricardo and Gasly, and he managed to get past. So get, even even two mobile chicanes like Ricardo and Latifi getting past <laughs> two at the same time isn't easy, and they were two astounding overtakes. Um, they were kind of proper. I, I want to rewind and watch that again. He's not a driver you often praise either. No, no. Well, he's so he's blisteringly quick on his day, um, but he also makes a lot of mistakes. So it's, he's either he's either kind of up or down. He's not con- he's not consistent like George Russell. No, and Albon's very much like that. Uh, Albon isn't setting the grid on, on fire, is he? But you know, can do the odd thing where you go, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember any. Drive. I don't remember any astounding Albon overtakes, though. Well, no, just ever. But good performance at, at the moment. Well, literally this weekend with like grid positions. And oh yeah, he's he's done okay. I, do, I just don't. You know, you, you see, there are some drivers like obviously Verstappen pulls out some amazing moves. Yeah. Hamilton does Alonso all the time, even in you know even in rubbish cars. He, he he kind of you know puts in some good moves. But can you particularly the, at the start? You, there, there, you know, Ocon. I mean, those to, to give him his his due. Those two moves were astounding, and anyone would have been happy with them. Yeah, but I think that Ocon, Albon, um, they're, they're they're two drivers I, I like personally. I think they're they're lovely. Um, I just don't think think they're ever going to be a champion. I just don't think. I don't think they've got what it takes to. Be a world champion. I'm just gonna um, put that out there. Yeah, I, 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 very few drivers have. I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Ocon's being out, outclassed by Alonso, who's almost old enough to be his dad. I, I think that Gasly has probably got more in him to be a world champion than the other two, and I still don't think Gasly's got it. Either. Uh, yeah, again, Gasly had the opportunity to. You know, he was in the Red Bull, blew and, it, and he, and he blew it, um, the same way Albon did. And okay, it's not you know it's probably not easy driving, going into a top team. But you know Hamilton did it in two thousand and seven, mm. and it was his first effort in his first effort into Formula One. They stick him against Fernando Alonso, you know, in the in one of the fastest cars on the grid. You know, certainly you know touch and go between the McLaren and the Ferrari, and he almost wins. He loses out the championship by one point in his debut season. So some drivers can do it. You know, Alonso lit the world on fire straight away. Whereas Michael Schumacher did, you know. Joe Granue, I he's got flair. Yeah, for sure. So I, I you know... He's, Stick Joe Granue in a Red Bull, he'd, he'd, he'd oh win the championship. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why. It's, just, it, it's, it's such a hunch, isn't it? It's such a feeling that you get watching these drivers drive like week in, week out. Where you go, yeah, they're a competent driver, and you know, yeah, they they'll get you decent points. But if you're on a world champion, that's just a different type of driver. Mm. Just really is. And Joe Guanyu, yeah, I, I think next season, it would. 
I'm just going to put this out there. I love Danny Rick, but I would favour seeing another new rookie come in and fresh blood than seeing Danny Rick hoovering up trying to fight for 10th place. Yeah, I don't know how many I don't know how many sponsors he would bring with him because that's yeah. again that's the only thing. That's that's the reason why you know some of these other drivers are are still in there. Um, yeah. you know because they're effectively paid drivers and they come with sponsorship. So if Daniel Ricardo comes with a lot of sponsorship um but then you know if I was one of his sponsors I'd be asking what I was paying for. So so who knows. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But what else is in your book or is that your no, notebook that, that done? No, that was it. That was it. That's my notebook. That's so Andy's notebook we're done. going to, I'm not going to say the wrong... Zandervoort. That's all. Uh, this weekend. Um, I've, I it, think it, another it, strong performance from Red Bull yeah, is but wrapped it, up. It, it's, yeah, it's not going to be, I don't think, I don't think the Red Bulls are going to be quite as dominant this weekend. Um, just to, I think they'll probably still win, but they're not going to be, you know, blisteringly fast compared to everybody else I think there's going to be a, 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 a smaller gap between Red Bull and everybody else but we'll see we'll see well we will see and um, yeah and we may get some more information on where Danny Rick is going even if it is off into retirement so we'll see <laughs>